0: Hello and welcome to the Veranda Financing Podcast. I'm Christine Mills and today I'm pleased to have Harper Poe with us. She's the founder and CEO of the fair trade company Proud Mary. Proud Mary sells fair trade accessories, home goods, and clothing from various developing countries in Latin America and Africa. Harper Poe's on a mission to give these entrepreneurs pride and not pity. Welcome to the show, Harper Poe. By the way, you have the coolest name.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, um, we're just really excited to have you here. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about you as a person and and um, how you were raised, and a little bit about your childhood?
1: Sure, sure. Um, I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I have twin sisters. Siblings, oh. um, grew up in a fairly, like, homogenized suburban part of Charlotte. So, I mean, my whole life growing up, I, I had this adventurous side to me, and, um, I just knew that there was more out in the world to this, like, little contained area that I grew up in. I had a wonderful childhood, but, yeah. um, I went to, I went to Clemson University for college, studied construction oh. in management construction management which is not what I'm doing at all now but at that point in time I wanted to build houses um, but a lot of the classes I was taking was project management which that's actually really helped me in my professional life thus far but my junior year in college I studied abroad in Spain and I met tons of people from all over the world and was constantly surrounded by different languages and you know different um, different backgrounds and cultures and religions so I I was really thriving in that environment and it kind of like clicked with me. Oh, there's like a bigger world out there. Like I'm so ready to travel and start diving into everything. Um, like I just knew that not everyone was exactly like me. I just wanted to discover new cultures and, um, and people and really just start getting out into the world. So that definitely impacted me tremendously. I think that kind of set me off on my course of starting Proud Mary and um and I just, I just really wanted to to travel and discover and, and 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 see the world. And I think that idea of discovery is something like once I got that, that was um that's really impacted me and kind of driven my business and how I act and react in my life. Like I just enjoy always trying new things and meeting new people and even like simple act of like going down a street that I never go down just because I can mm-hmm. see new things on the side of the road. Like that yeah. kind of, um, that to me is just really important to to, to shake it off and always have um, my eyeballs resting on something new. Yeah.
0: yeah, I love that you started your business out of the way you work and what kind of environment you want to be working in. And you create a business model for yourself um, that explores what you're passionate about and I, do you think that's a key way of entrepreneurship is to find what you're passionate about, and also be very honest with your curiosities and your likes and your dislikes.
1: Sure, um, I definitely think it helps. I mean, starting the business is not easy. I don't care what you're doing and how right. um, you know how how amazing it looks from afar. It's hard. It, it it's hard work. It takes a lot of resources. It takes a lot out of you. So obviously, if you're, if you're doing something that really works with you personally, then it, you know, it, 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 help, it really helps you get through the day to day for sure. I mean, obviously, I think if you're, you know, doing something that you're calling and something that really is, you know, authentic to you, then it's definitely easier to get through the day to day grind of, 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 owning your own business because it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's going to be, it's, it's it's going to be hard. Um, it's, yeah, it's going to take a lot out of you. It's going to need your you know, it enthusiasm. Is. enthusiasm and dedication for sure.
0: Yeah. And I think whatever the business is, you know, a business is a business is a business. And, um, exactly. I, I, and I think um, with the day of social media and we see the prettiness of a business and we see, you know, Absolutely. we have this image of like what people are doing, like from the outside looking in. Uh, someone looking at people with fair trade companies like yourself, think, oh wow, they're traveling all around the country and all over the world mm-hmm. and they're living this amazing life and they're doing photo shoots and they're not really aware that, you know, and you have to do bookkeeping and you have to do this and you have to cover yeah. your costs. So, and a lot of what friends. is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, there are some not so fun parts of your business, I'm sure. Um, so, what would be like, the typical day if if that's hard to think of, but you know, just the no. typical day um of you running um your company. Proud Mary.
1: Sure. Um I think I work with like you said earlier, I work with um artis- artisans mostly in Latin America and Africa. So the first thing I do in the morning is usually I usually have WhatsApp messages and emails from our partners and um in Africa. We do a lot of work in Morocco and in Mali, West Africa. So I usually try to deal with those at the beginning of the day because it's, you know, mm-hmm. going towards, towards their afternoon and kind of get those things done. I mean, it's ideally not the best way to ease into your day because it's usually handing, like handling production, um, issues or just questions. So, like, this is a wake up. It's like, okay, my mind is thinking, okay, how do we, um, how do we get this material from here to here? And we need, we need to ship this and et cetera. Um, so it's usually like diving in and then, um, a, a couple hours later, I can, sit down and have a cup of coffee and start going through my emails. Um, I, in terms of, like, I usually have an opportunity at least three days a week to be creative. Um, I feel like that usually happens for me in the afternoon. And I don't know if that's when I'm the most creative or just when my schedule allows me to dive into the more designer aspects of things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I usually have happens in the afternoon and then um since i started to do some consulting work i think we're going to talk more about that later but i um you know i'm fielding inquiries and talking to people on the phone and skype with people in the u.s and um, abroad so i you know have a couple of those um, calls or email correspondences every day so there's you know a lot of its production management um and like you said like the bookkeeping like there's there's a lot of spreadsheets involved to keep everything organized um right we've worked with as many as like 10 countries at a time so there's a lot of you know there's there's a lot of organization that's involved i mean i'm lucky to have in our main countries good production managed managers and people in country on the ground that'll handle like the day to day like with the artisans. Um but I still need to know exactly like where everything is, like how an update every day of where different products are. And um we've worked both wholesale and retail. So part of the part of it is talking to the stores that we work with. um okay. and doing that kind of correspondence. And then obviously selling online um it's corresponding with customers and um and and, and that kind of thing. So you know the the traveling yeah. and the creative and the design part is it's awesome, yes, but it, it definitely is a smaller part. Um, keeping everything together.
0: Yeah, but um, I love the designs. Um, my favorite product of yours are the Rafia shoes. I think they're pretty cool. Um, the ones that you. you have from Morocco. It's one of mm-hmm. those shoes that I see having. You know, it's a staple piece that you could have for the rest of your yes. life. it you could work with yes. a lot of different things.
1: Um, how did I you, uh what's that? Um I was I was gonna say that the, the roster shoes have definitely been our most successful product. Um and they they kind of magically came into my life. One of my good friends from Charleston um was living in she's had been living in Morocco for the past six years and she came oh. back to visit the first year she was there, she had them these really awesome shoes. I'm like these are amazing. I want to sell them. Let's let's try to design anything. So we worked on a couple different styles. We kind of just tweaking colors and like right. basic shapes. And um, they just totally took off. This was like in 2012, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I did a trade show trade show in New York, and the buyers really responded really well to them. And since then, that was I mean, and, and the rest was history. They've they're da- now definitely our biggest product category and our most popular products. And we've, um, it's, it's taken a couple of years to get our production dialed in. We now work with a really awesome producer in Essaouira, which is a really beautiful coastal town in Morocco. Um, and their quality is fantastic. We kind of have developed a really great relationship with them. So, um, So it kind of depends. Like the shoes, it it wasn't something that I was really looking for. They kind of just organically came to me. Mm -hmm. But um, a lot of our products, we choose who we work with based on, one, there's a country or geographic location that I'm interested in exploring personally, or there is um, a a certain craft technique um, or materials that I really want to develop product around. So for instance, um I wanted to work with um Mudcloth and Indigo and I knew that Molly I love Mudcloth Africa. <laughs> Me too. It's beautiful. It it's like so like simple but graphic. It's it's fantastic. it is
0: and um, especially right now with all the modern uh design that's going yeah. on. It's like a nice pop.
1: Yes, it's very it, it, i I love that that it's so relevant now and these mm-hmm. designs they've been they've been making for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So it's um it's it's really great that 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 aesthetic is um is is I don't say, I want to say the word trend because it's obviously not a trend but it just works right. so well with yeah our modern designs um so I knew that I want to work in Mali I try to go to the source of where these crafts originate so I started doing some research um you know there's some nonprofits and NGOs operating within the artist sector that um, do like artist and capacity building they'll do some training and, connecting traditional artisans with buyers. So I I reached out to some of those, and I found – I met a woman at a trade show in New York, actually, who was working for the West African Trade Hub, which was a USAID-funded project. Um, she headed up the handcraft sector. So I told her what I was interested in doing, and a month later, we were um, in Bali together for a month. Oh. So it happened pretty fast, but it um, yeah. was a great – And I was, you know, I didn't have my son then, and I was like, let's go. I was (laughs) very eager to to jump on any plane. Right, Um, right, right. Which That was great. And I've been working, so we went to Mali in 2011, and I've been working with them ever since. Unfortunately, pretty soon after um, I left the country, they had a coup and a war for a couple of years. And since then, the security situation there has not been great. Um, so I haven't been able to go back and like really develop into develop really develop products that can um show off their palette. So I've just kind of been working with what I know that they can do well, that's simple designs to translate. Um but my goal in all with all the artists and groups that we work with is not to just do one collection and then, all right, okay, that was fun, bye. But mm-hmm. to develop, you know, sustainable relationships and so we could consistently order from these artists and um, you know, support them over time. And also from like a costing resource standpoint from my end, you know, it takes a lot of resources to develop these relationships. You're flying across the world and you're meeting people face to face and you're really spending a lot of time and them getting to know you and you getting to know them. So You know, it doesn't make much sense to, you know, spend a lot of money up front and then um, developing those relationships and then not to continue them over time.
0: Right, right. And then you have to also um, be part of the design process and explain that to them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. To make it something
0: that people want to buy.
1: It, exactly, and and that that's the most fun part, I think, is you know going into these countries and really learning about what they're doing, why they're doing it, um, and seeing the different materials that they have. so once you have like a full understanding of that, and then you can design into their capabilities, um, keeping in mind what they do best, but also knowing what the market wants, so that um that that creative challenge is really fun.
0: Do you do all the designs by yourself or do you have them I join do. you with
1: the design process? Okay. They, I mean, I, I do them all by myself, but it, it inevitably is a collaboration because sure. you know, I'm learning about what they do, like what their design skills are, like why they're doing it. Like, you know, they, these are skills that have been passed down for generations. So they have a lot of culture, cultural significance to them. So, you know, it's not totally thrown away what right. they what what they're doing, but kind of like just building upon and upon that and um have it really be a nice collaboration.
0: And I love the fact that on your website you show the impact of each purchase. Um mm-hmm. and why can you share with the the listeners like any success stories of
1: the artists and groups you work with? Sure. Um yeah that was a fun part thing that we developed for my latest iteration of our website last, last September. Um, I just, I, I love um, being able to like get a little nerdy and like add some numbers in there to really see, you know, <laughs> what what this type of work is capable of doing. Right. And, it, it, and it's not to say like, I, I can't tell a customer that if you buy this bag, it's going to save someone's life or it's going to change someone's life. Because that's not true. Like one mm-hmm. bag is not going to do it not going to do anything. So I don't want to oversell something. I don't want to, you know, exploit the situation of these artisans for a a marketing purpose. So it's, it's, you know, some of you're like, Oh, okay. That's not a ton of jobs or that's not a ton of hours. But when when you think about it over the span of, you know, many, many orders over many, many years and, and, and products, and that obviously can be impactful. Um, I mean, I think that – um I mean, so we've – I think one of the most successful projects that I've done is I did some work in Lesotho, which is a small country in southern Africa, and I think it's one of the only countries in the world that's completely surrounded by another. So it's just stuck huh. in the, um like, northeastern corner of South Africa.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and, and because of that, it's kept them quite poor because anything – they have to import everything from South Africa, you know, paying duties and taxes. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, their economic situation is not great. They have beautiful craft work. Um, I went there as a buyer representative for a world bank project. So um, they have some wonderful artisans, none of them had exported before and they didn't really understand what the international market wanted. Um, Mm -hmm. So I went to kind of help develop product and I ended up, Developing a few clutches that I sold into Madewell in the US. Oh, okay. Oh, so okay. That was that was really exciting. Um, it was exciting for them. Not that they knew who Madewell was, but they were like, "Okay, we'll, we'll take you know a couple hundred of these, a couple hundred of oh, these that's a um, congratulations. order." That's good. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That was I was that, that that was something I was very proud of, and uh, yeah, and and I know that they were too. It was extremely challenging to get them. To make it happen, um, you know, we had to like scale up and, and train more people and spread it out over different weaving groups. But uh, right, but yeah, that was that was something that you know that was that that was a challenge, but it worked out and it, it went really well. And what I like about that is you you are including them in the story
0: of what happens after they make the product and who's yeah. buying it and how. Yeah how much their skill is of value on, in the international sure. market.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, and so I think, like, impact is important. It's fun to talk about it because impact really is jobs.
0: It is, it is, wherever you are, you know.
1: Hmm. Um, exactly.
0: In a recent interview with uh, Style Line, you said that you, sh- you like people to ask where to next. And so my question for you is where and what is the next step for the future? Sure, Proud Mary?
1: Sure. Um, About six months ago, I started to kind of get in a place where um, Proud Mary has been a very small company since I started. It's pretty much just been me and an assistant, um, an intern here and there, and then, you know, a project manager on the ground. So I knew in order to really, like, scale up, I would have to go down the road of trying to get investors. And it really wasn't something that I wanted to do. And as much as I love my little brand, I also love the artisan sector in general on a larger scale. I'm just interested in um, kind of the growth and and the development of the sector. So um, in addition to Proud Mary, I've I've started to do some consulting work. So I work with small artisan brands, small to medium artisan brands who are starting out in the sector or who are in a, um, are pivoting in kind of the growth stage or changing their model a bit. So that's been really, really fun um, because I learned a lot. I've been doing this for 10 years. When I started primary, there wasn't a lot of people in the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you so, came the um, way. I guess I did a little bit. And now it's um, it's become something, you know, really big. It's something that consumers are – Really want, and they're and they're kind of demanding, you know, fairly sourced, ethically ethically sourced and produced products. So um, there's a lot of people that want to get into this work, and you know, I've I've learned a lot, and made a lot of mistakes. So it's um, I feel like it's been really fun to be able to share that information with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from helping them do sourcing. Like, I mean, I think sourcing is something that everyone wants. That's the first thing people want to know. Right. I want to. Can you connect me to someone in Mexico? I want to make this. But I really try to get them to think about. Okay, let's let's slow down and go backwards a little bit. Like, why are you starting this? Are you do you want someone to make your designs in Mexico, or do you really have an affinity for a certain kind of craft, or do you want to create jobs? So really understanding why they're mm-hmm. they're getting into this work and then building out from there. Um, but I mean I have helped with anything from like putting together profit and loss statements. And a lot of people like don't even know what that is. Right. And I didn't either when I started. But um <laughs> and in the artisan sector is it's the fair trade space is it's it's hard. It's difficult to scale because everything is handmade. So, you know, you have to consider is a wholesale distribution model better or do you want to sell direct to consumer um, and the different kind of risks and costs associated with, with, with each of those. So, um yeah, like I said, you know, I, I've learned by doing, so it's been fun to share and, you know, the, the success of these businesses like is it's we're, we're all doing this because we want to, I'm help. I'm putting help in quotes. We want to help, you know, mm-hmm. marginalized people, people around the world and not that they need our help, but it's, they could use our orders. Right. Um, so just kind of like helping um, small businesses figure out how to best do that.
0: That's amazing. And what I like about it is that you actually did this. You're not just some consultant um, coming from a different industry that you know nothing about. That You're actually a consultant from an industry that you've worked hands-on in yeah. for the past <laughs> 10 years, and you know what works and what doesn't and um yeah I, I think that's that makes perfect sense and um yeah, it's, it's coming from a
1: place so of authenticity yes that's i i I try to always as much as possible come from come from that place,
0: and so how do you go about um securing customers do you, is it mostly because you've been in that world and you just know a lot of people
1: It's it's mostly been through word of mouth as um, okay. I've built, I've built up a pretty strong Instagram following. I mean, not, it's only probably like 22,000 people, but they're pretty engaged. So when I first started doing the consulting, I put it out there and I got a lot of inquiries from that and, um, from my mailing list and also just word of mouth. So it's kind of a slow grow, but I I think I'm starting to get more and more people, um, asking me to do. And, and every project is different which is really fun. Um, it mm-hmm. kind of spans a, a lot of different things, which I really enjoy. That's awesome.
0: Now, how can our listeners learn more about your consulting services and how to get in touch with you?
1: Sure. Um, well, they can go to proudmaries.org, and there's a place to sign up for our mailing list, and we um, send out email blasts probably like every other week, which is about products and that are going on and i always have like a little blurb about our, our consulting services there and also you can follow us um on instagram at proud mary global textiles and i post a little bit about that there and other things that we're up to i love your instagram
0: i, I my my Thank favorite part you. is the sunday styles
1: because you show styles Thank from around the world that's really neat <laughs> That's some fun to do
0: yeah so um we're just going to segue into our rapid fire questions and um okay. this is just an a part of our interview process to let everyone know a little bit about Harper Poe. I just love calling your whole name. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs>
1: all
0: right. So um oh I didn't ask you. Um how did you how did your parents come up with the name Harper Poe?
1: My my real name is it's Mary Harper. Um, okay, it was Mary Harper was my great grandmother's name, and in the South, a lot of people use their middle names as their first name. Oh, okay, okay, me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, rapid
0: fire. Um, one coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. Um, beaches or mountains?
1: Oh man, both. That's the hard one, right? <laughs> I know. I, I I I need both of them. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's just, it's just like you know, if you go to Mexico, do you want to be in San Miguel de Allende or do you want to be by the beach?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's <both>. tough.
0: Um, what's your superpower?
1: Oh man, um, I think it's to get along with a lot of different kind of people. Mm. And your favorite city? Mexico City. Mexico. That's on my
0: list of places to go. It um, is fantastic i love it it's amazing yeah i hear um it has the most museums in the world is that Mm -hmm. true
1: i think so it's yeah it's 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 a magical place i mean obviously you know the food the museums the people the beautiful people the cafes the shopping like you know the mexican culture is is just it's beautiful that's exciting. Okay, <laughs> now I really want to go next year. Okay, you
0: gotta go. <laughs> um, and the last one, biggest advice you can give to an entrepreneur?
1: Um, I think it's figuring out w- w- figuring out your why. So understanding, you know, why you're starting this business, and really doing everything from being very clear about that. And I think that, um, like all other decisions, once you're very clear and authentic with that, um, will be you know, made in the right way.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it, Harper.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was fun.
0: Okay, bye.